Well, good morning, Florida Fun Podcasters. Welcome to another episode of the Florida Fun Podcast, your destination for Florida Fun. My name is Josh, I'm your host, and today is Monday, September 13th, 2021, and it is going to be a very special episode, and I am very excited. Thank you so much for being involved in the podcast. Thank you for being there. Thank you for your tweets, your emails, your messages, your Instagram posts, all that being involved. As you may or may not know, recently I put up a poll on Twitter and wanted to ask you what your favorite things or what the things you were that you missed the most about SeaWorld, the lost rides and attractions. So, some of you may have recognized the music, some of you may have been fans when the show was around. We're going to talk about things that were lost, things that were lost particularly from one of my favorite places in the whole world, and that is the beautiful park of SeaWorld Orlando. Now, as you all probably know, SeaWorld Orlando is one of my favorite places in the whole world. Um, I went there years ago um, with some friends, and I've been there in the past several times. Uh, been by myself several times, met my wife there, and uh, have lots of great memories there. And, uh, you know, we've already talked about wonderful things to see and do at SeaWorld Orlando, like Spooktacular. Um, this year, there's Hollow Scream at uh, SeaWorld. SeaWorld has amazing Christmas uh, displays, holiday displays, great things to see and do there over the Christmas season. So obviously I'm a big fan of the place and uh, it means a lot to me and uh, you know the mission of SeaWorld is, has always been conservation and rescue and it certainly is something that I think everyone should go at least once um, and they should experience what is there to experience at SeaWorld Orlando. SeaWorld Orlando has some great rides and some great attractions as well. So, um, you know, things uh, as they tend to do uh, change. You know, the only thing that's constant in life is change. And so, uh, you know, we're looking at things that have changed over the years. And so I think before I do a show about things that are lost at SeaWorld, lost rides and attractions, I need to distinguish what a lost ride or attraction is. I'm not talking about those things that maybe have changed over years, gotten better, you know, uh, faster, uh, different characters, that kind of stuff. I'm talking about things that you can no longer go to SeaWorld Orlando. You can't walk in the front gate and you can't go and find these things anymore. Things that have literally been replaced. They have been removed. They have been um, uh, replaced with something brand new. So you can't walk in there and you can't go to, like, say, um, you know, the pole that I put up, uh, we talked about on Twitter, uh, the poll that I put up, people had asked what their uh, favorite thing was, and and we'll go over that in just a second. That was lost. So in the poll we put up, this was uh, a while ago, uh, you know, almost a week ago, uh, we had put, what lost ride or attraction do you miss most at SeaWorld Orlando? Uh, Your four choices that I put up there were the Clydesdale Hamlet, which is where the Clydesdales used to be, uh, which is entirely different now. The Bayside Ski Show, which is no longer there. Shamu's Happy Harbor, which has been completely replaced. And the original Pets Ahoy Show. And of the votes that were received, it looks like you guys missed the Shamu's Happy Harbor area the most. And I can understand that, but that's also one that has been replaced and and replaced with something brand new and something I would feel is a little bit better. Um, Shamu's Happy Harbor, by the time I started working at SeaWorld, uh, was old and had been there for a while. Now, it had gotten upgraded a couple of times while I was there. Um, so did the ski show had changed a couple of times. Pets Ahoy had changed a couple of times. The Clydesdale Hamlet had been upgraded a couple of times and, you know, made better. And 
um, you know, better uh, wood on the inside, and it was nicer, and it had gotten cleaned, and it looked brand new, but, you know, I guess change happens uh, to all of us and to everything, and eventually all those things got replaced. So what I'm talking about today is things that you can no longer go to SeaWorld Orlando, you can't find them, they're not there, and uh, this is kind of my top 10 lost rides and attractions at SeaWorld Orlando. So number one for me, and this is in no particular order, uh, this was ones that I just happened to be thinking about, was the Clydesdale Hamlet and the Clydesdales. Now, there was some cool things that they did. They would take a tour of the park, they would kind of go from the Clydesdale Hamlet down past the backside of Shamu Stadium, uh, kind of around down a central walkway, um, down near where Infinity Falls is right now, down past, uh, say, Nautilus Theater, where Mako is. They would kind of cut through that area, and then it would kind of go backstage. And um, I was a cast member. Now, I'm, I'm not a, a horse guy at all. I'm not going to say that I am. Um, but uh, part of being a cast member was when you would pick up overtime, uh, wherever overtime was available. And I remember one shift was working the Clydesdale Parade, and I thought that was pretty cool being around the, the horses and they are massive and huge. And I didn't realize I would be walking behind them, cleaning up everything they left on the sidewalk. So uh, you can see how I may not have enjoyed that quite as much. Now, for those of you who live maybe in the country, um, you know, you clean up uh, horses and cows and you muck stalls and all that kind of stuff every day. Hey, you know what? My hat's off to you. That's hard work. It smells, it's dirty. Um, and you know that's that's certainly a calling all to itself. So you know I certainly uh, uh, salute you out there for doing that. But when you're a, a, a team member at a theme park, and you know you live in a city, you live in an apartment, and uh, you're certainly not used to that. That was that was a bit of a culture shock. Um, but I remember they would take a tour of the park. They would walk from one place to another. They certainly were the um, the representatives of Budweiser at the time. Uh, Anheuser-Busch owned SeaWorld, and it owned all its SeaWorld properties. So it was SeaWorld Orlando, SeaWorld San Diego, SeaWorld San Antonio. Those were the three SeaWorld parks. There used to be one in Aurora, Ohio, right near Cleveland, but that one has since uh, been sold, and that was pretty much around the time that I started uh, at SeaWorld, the first time in education. Um, there's also the Busch Gardens parks. Those are in Tampa, uh, Florida, and Williamsburg, Virginia. Also some water parks, uh, Adventure Island and um, Aquatica. Um, water country and uh, they also own Sesame Place which is in Langhorn, Pennsylvania which is a park for smaller kids based around all the Sesame Street characters now over the years I've seen the Sesame Street characters have a bigger role and they have found their way into Bush Gardens they found their way into SeaWorld they found their way into the Christmas celebration they found their way into the Halloween celebrations and now there's a whole SeaWorld uh, Sesame Street at SeaWorld area that is just run by the, the Sesame Street characters. So if you have little ones and you are into the Sesame Street characters at all, that is definitely where you want to go. Uh, they are up close and personal. Um, there's Big Bird's Nest. There is um, a whole area where you can watch the SeaWorld, the, the characters in Parade. So it's very, very fun. Um, but like I said, all that is, is, is brand new. And back at the time, when Budweiser owned the SeaWorld Parks, obviously if you've seen a Budweiser commercial lately or in the past, you know that you know, one of their, 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 their logos is those big Clydesdales pulling that big Budweiser cart, pulling those big kegs full of Budweiser. So that was something that they wanted people to be able to see 
inside the park when they went there and so you could get close and personal and you could see the horses and there was a, a big field they would let the horses come out and run and graze and they would you know give them a bath and soap them down and they would you know take them for a tour around the park and guests could take pictures with them and it was a very very cool experience um you know that certainly is something that since the park has changed you know we have moved away from that um budweiser no longer owns SeaWorld. um that was a while ago and I think all the memories of that, the Clydesdale Hamlet and the Clydesdales and the, the tour and Budweiser and all that, that's, that's kind of gone from memory. So that was my number one on my list. Number two is something that I learned a lot about just because of proximity. And that was the Clyde and Seymour Take Pirate Island show over at the Sea Lion and Otter Theater. Now, the backside of the Sea Lion and Otter Theater is where they built the new Antarctica um, World of the Penguin. Uh, Empire of the Penguin um, and that's amazing that's beautiful if you haven't been there that's beautiful the whole place looks like uh, you're inside some icebergs and the ground is, is painted or the, the tile is painted to look like um, they're stepping from one frozen uh, iceberg to another and there's water in between and, and all the areas are themed after ice and exploration kind of at the other end of the world and it's really really incredible um, the backside of Antarctica is the sea lion and otter theater and that for years, as far as I understood, was Clyde and Seymour take Pirate Island. And I loved it because there were so many great one-liners. And it was such a funny show. And they never took themselves very seriously. And uh, they were simply there. You know, were they talented trainers? Absolutely. Did the animals come out and do what they needed to do and, and do the behaviors? That, absolutely they did. Absolutely. Now, not always, right? If you ever try to chain an otter... To do anything they have a very short attention span and like try to train your cat to play piano good luck uh that may or may not work out in your benefit um but the otters would come out and sometimes they would do right on cue they would come out they would find the map they would stick it in a little tunnel and they would go off sometimes they'd come out and stare into the crowd and sometimes they'd come out and get distracted and you know they have to come out and get them and it was just a very very fun show it was a lot of fun and i and i really miss it now the second derivation of this it was Clyde and Seymour High School. And that certainly was a very fun show in itself. Um, a little different, but it had, you know, Clyde and Seymour and, and um, you know, the Otters. And it had uh, lots of great cast. And, you know, they play in the water. And it was just a really great fun show. It wasn't quite Clyde and Seymour Take Pirate Island. Um, but it was a fun show. Uh, things have changed a little bit. And I'm going to get into that in just a moment. Um, number three on our list is the Bayside Ski Show. Um, that certainly was something that had its, its, its audience built in for it. If you were into water skiing, if you were into those big power boats, if you were into um, sitting there cheering on them doing water stunts and uh, jumps and uh, pray of the, uh, the pyramids that they did, that was a very, very cool thing. They used um, uh, skis and they used flags and they used pyro and all kind of stuff. Um, but that is certainly one that I have to admit... I wasn't a huge fan. I hate to say it. You know, all those guys were talented. The guys and girls were talented. They did the job, but really wasn't a huge fan. It was a little, a little boring for me. Um, number four on my list is um, the old, the old penguin area. Um, and I hate to say this um, because as the park got older, things kind of didn't keep up as well, and it's hard to. It's hard to really say that 
it's easy to keep up a theme park as things are getting older. And there were attempts to, to change it, to keep it more up to, de- up to date, uh, up to speed, um, you know, make things a little more new, a little more modern. Um, not that the cast members and team members didn't clean constantly, they did. Not that the trainers didn't do a great job, they did. The educators did a great job. But things just kind of get old. And um, the old penguin area felt very old. It felt very dated. Um, there were moving walkways that you could go from one area to another. Um, there was an area with puffins, which was very cool. You could see the animals underwater. Um, the glass was about halfway up. And you could see all that. And that was that was neat. That was fun. But it felt very old, very dated, very old zoo kind of a feeling, right? If you've been to the new Empire of the Penguin, um, it is just fantastic. Um, what they replaced the old penguin area with... Um, smells new and clean. The old place kind of had a orangey, lemony kind of a smell from all the cleaner they've dumped on the carpet for years and years and years. Um, The new area is uh, fantastic. You're much closer to the penguins. Um, It's it's temperature controlled. So on a hot day, if it's really, really hot in Orlando, and it does get really, really hot in Orlando, don't fool yourself. Um, If it's really, really hot in Orlando and you need a break, Go to the Empire of the Penguin, walk inside there, hang out. There's no time limit. You, they're not going to say, all right, you've had your, your 22 minutes. It's time for you to go. They are going to leave you there as long as you want. Um, it's nice and cool. And the neat thing is Antarctica goes through seasons just like we do, right? In the Northern Hemisphere or wherever you're listening to me, whatever hemisphere you happen to be in, you have seasons. And Antarctica, when it's winter time, uh, gets very dark and very cold and very dark and they do the same thing for the penguins in Empire of the Penguin. So you may walk in there, and it may be very dark inside. Hey, turn the lights on. Aren't you guys open? Yes, we are. We're making it more comfortable for the penguins because they're more used to being in a darkened environment uh, when winter comes in. The the sun doesn't shine for quite a long time until the the summertime. Um, So there's very brief moments of daylight that that come through there. So it's... uh, it was very, very interesting to go through there. Now, it's cold. I'm not going to lie to you. So when you go through, uh, that might be the time of day that you want to make sure you're not dripping wet. You know, you might not want to ride Journey to Atlantis and get soaking wet or not want to sit front row at the Shamu show and get soaking wet and then go right in Empire of the Penguin because you will be cold. Uh, there is no question about that. But it's it's a very, very cool place. There are educators in there. You can see the animals up close. and. I think they definitely went from, you know, okay, pretty good, to just knock it out of the park fantastic when they replaced the old uh, penguin area with the new Empire of the Penguin, uh, which is over in uh, SeaWorld Orlando. Number five on my list is the rotating shows at the Nautilus Theater. Now, this would be something that we missed, something that was cool and enjoyable, and things that have kind of slowly changed for the better in this area. Now, Nautilus Theater is a, a great building. Um, holds lots of people, air conditioned on the inside. Doesn't appear to have any leaks or any structural problems. Um, and they're using the heck out of it now. Uh, the last time we went there, we saw Elmo Rocks, uh, which was Elmo and friends putting on a rock show. And uh, that was very, very fun. Uh, my wife and kids have been there with friends, and they have seen there was a guy that would blow bubbles uh, in soap bubbles, and he would blow smoke into some of the bubbles, and he would make these giant bubbles, and that was fantastic. Um, You also have the Christmas show every year, 
and um, that's really amazing. You have live animals at the Christmas Nativity show, which is there, uh, and they seem to use it a lot more than they did. Um, when I first started back in Sea uh, Road Orlando, back in education, pretty much the only thing they had was a kind of a Cirque du Soleil-esque kind of show. And that was cool, right? Themed about you know South America, Mexico, Incans, Mayans, that kind of stuff. Um, but it was the same show every day, and it was kind of the residential show. It just kind of stayed there, and nothing ever changed, and nothing was ever new. And even over the holidays, it was that same show. Um, I mean, we've been there before, and we've seen um, the Krat Brothers were there, and we've seen Jack Hanna, and we've seen all that kind of stuff. So it's being used a lot more now. So it's, in in my opinion, I think definitely SeaWorld uh, did a fantastic thing by taking out those that residential show and then providing something that's that's much more um, flexible and, and much easier to uh, to use there uh, at the uh, the old uh, Nautilus Theater. Um, what we're going to say about number six is things that are different um, are not necessarily good or bad. They're just different, and you remember the way they were. Um, number six is going to be the old man and the seahorse from Journey to Atlantis, the old Journey to Atlantis, and the old Medusa from Journey to Atlantis. So I think not everything that changes is for the better sometimes things just change and I don't know if this is because of technology I don't know if it's because the ride got older things broke down and didn't get fixed I'm not really sure but if you've been on Journey to Atlantis at SeaWorld Orlando there was always a section where you got into the boats and Journey to Atlantis and they're kind of a a very Greek Isle themed ride and you kind of went through a little Greek looked like a Greek village like a Greek fishing village and there was an older man uh, character, kind of a, a, a video of him, and he would have Hermes, the seahorse, would kind of take you uh, under the ocean to show you how beautiful everything is, and uh, as you would turn a corner, things would get ugly, and Medusa, or Medusa, uh, would show her ugly face to you, and she would come out of the darkness and try to grab your boat, and you go on a big rig drop, and you come back through a treasure room, and you come back out, and you survived. Um, things aren't that way anymore. Uh, yes, the ride is still there. Yes, you still do the drop, um, but it's much more simplistic now. Uh, almost that it doesn't really have a theme, which is which is disappointing. Um, but I can certainly you know understand maybe you know maybe things just haven't been upkept. Maybe things broke down and it's expensive to fix them, and maybe they don't have the money in the park anymore. I I don't know. I'm not sure what the answer is, um, but I can tell you um, that that is definitely one of the things that I personally that I miss is is the old man. Uh, and the, the Hermes, the seahorse, and then the Medusa face, because it's all gone now. Um, and it makes me remember, you know, the times that you've gone on with friends and, you know, seeing them react and Hermes and, you know, show them the way. And if you've been on SeaWorld before, you know what that reference is. Um, but it, it, things were things a little bit different. So now it's trivia time. Uh, we haven't done trivia in a little while, and I want to give you a trivia question. All right, you ready? Here we go. When was SeaWorld Orlando first open? Was it December 15, 1973, December 15, 1962, December 15, 1984, or December 15, 1977? So I'm going to let you think about that. And we'll be back with the answer in just a few moments. All right, guys. So next on my list is the new Dolphin Nursery. Um, the old Dolphin Nursery was very cool, 
but there was kind of a drawback to it. It was a, it was a not it's not a huge place. It's literally just there for mothers and babies, mother dolphins and baby dolphins, and and that's it. And as soon as you know the babies are old enough to be moved, they're moved. Mom uh, have uh, given birth and delivered. They're healthy enough. Then usually mom and baby move to somewhere else. Now they stay in the nursery for quite a while. I'm not saying like the next day, but you know as soon as they're able to be moved, they kind of go either to Discovery Cove or they go over to SeaWorld Orlando or or wherever it might be. Right. Um, so they don't stay there forever. But it used to be that it was very high cement walls. Probably I'm about six two. Probably in the middle of my middle of my chest area. And if you've got little people and they're trying to look over those walls, you had to hold them up really high. And the educators there wouldn't really let you hold your kids up, obviously for safety reasons. Um, and it was very hard for them to see. And you know, kids want to see baby animals. They want to see baby dolphins. They want to see baby otters. They want to see. Um, you know, baby dogs and cats and baby giraffe and baby hippos. I mean, that, that's kind of a big thing for children is to be able to see baby animals and it was very hard for them to be able to do so. Now, Seward Orlando went through and did a rehab of the dolphin nursery and it's been open for a couple years now and it is just way better. It's uh, much more accessible. Um, there's much better viewing uh, for smaller kids kind of imagine if you walk up to the dolphin nursery as you make that left uh, heading back towards the back of the park there's a big window now a big glass uh, double glass window um, open on the top and it goes all the way to the ground whereas the dolphins and the mommies and the babies swim by kids can literally just stand there and watch they can sit down they can look at them up close um, they can see them swim right by and also if you turn around to the right hand side there's little pods or little openings or little caves um, that have been created inside there where kids can go and they can sit and there's a little window inside there where they can have their own little shaded area to see the dolphins as well and that's fantastic too uh, so that is really a beautiful area so next time you go to the dolphin nursery um, you know you definitely want to go check that out because it is just a fantastic place to be um, so it has definitely gotten things for the better uh, number eight is the old whale and dolphin show and I remember the old man and the doll, the old, uh, older gentleman who would play the guitar, and he would sing "I've Been Everywhere," and it was really fantastic. And he wore a straw hat, and it was a very island-themed uh, kind of show. They had false killer whales in the show. Um, there was a couple of comedy bits that were very funny, where they would, you know, have a kid come up and help, and he would wipe his hands on his shirt and um, send him back to mom or dad. And they would have a volunteer, quote-unquote, who would accidentally fall into the water, quote-unquote, who turned out to be one of the trainers who was a plant, um, who would do a dolphin ride all the way around the stadium. And it was just really exciting and fun and comedy, and it was just a fantastic show. Now, that show has changed several times. Um, it has had different derivations. Um, my, I have a friend who was in the show for a while. And uh, she would um, come down, and they would do uh, dolphin swims, and she would be involved. And 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 now it's it's changed again. So I do miss the old whale and dolphin stadium. I miss the old show. I miss the old uh, the old gags, and uh, I, I do miss that as well. Uh, number nine on the list is probably one of my favorite shows in the whole park, and this was Pets Ahoy. Pets Ahoy was inside the theater kind of across from the main lagoon the main lake there kind of around the corner to your left from the dolphin nursery um, around the corner from the candy shop around the corner from seafire inn and it showed you that even if you have these difficult animals at home say a dog that barks all the time or is hard to train or 
a cat that you know um, makes a lot of noise or is very messy or you know whatever it is they would take these animals and they would, generally they would rescue them from the Orange County Humane Society or Osceola or Polk or wherever Humane Society or they you know whatever it is and they would give them tender loving care and they would train these animals and they would take them home with them at night and they would sleep on their bed and they would give them breakfast in the morning they would bring them back to work the next day and these animals became their animals they became their babies and they would train them and take care of them and they would hands on with them and they would you know do whatever they needed to do to show these animals you know all you need is some training and some love and some affection and lots and lots of patience and these same animals that didn't listen or they jumped up or they chewed everything or they were destructive or whatever it was were now doing these great behaviors on stage they would uh, there's a, a was a gag where a boy dog would jump up in the back of a jeep and he would go on a quote date uh, with a girl dog and uh, they would go to her place and pick her up in a jeep and then he would bring her some flowers and go buy an ATM and get her some money and then go to a restaurant and then you have a moonlit uh, jeep ride together there was a scene where there was uh, potbelly pigs uh, there were birds rats mice um, uh, parrots, uh, you know, you name it. Dogs, cats, all kinds of animals. And what that showed you was these animals can be trained, right? They can be trained. They can be given the love and time and affection uh, that they're supposed to have. And uh, it showed you that, you know, giving a little more effort and having the time and the patience and the ability to do it was was what it took to for these animals. And they were not destroyed. Um, they were they were rescued and they were they were became part of the SeaWorld family. So I do miss that. I miss that show a lot. Now there's a new show called um, uh, Rescue Tales, I think, if I remember correctly. And um, I'm sure that's amazing. I haven't seen it. Um, we are planning on taking a trip back to SeaWorld Orlando sometime. Um, and we're going to catch some of these shows that we haven't seen. Um, but definitely it was one of the ones that is on the list. So I want to see that. I want to let you guys know about that too. So if you happen to go to SeaWorld before me and you catch Rescue Tales or you catch the new Sea Lion and Otter show, um, definitely let me know. Right? Drop me that email. Drop me a tweet. Um, drop me a, a message on Instagram and, and let me know how it is. Because I'm excited. You know, I'm excited about the things uh, that SeaWorld does. And, um, you know, uh, have all the changes been great? No, no, absolutely not. I mean, that's the same thing with Disney, same thing with Universal. Um, but, you know, they generally do a, a pretty pretty bang-up job. They do, do a pretty good job. And, and usually the stuff they change over to is, is pretty amazing. Uh, the final one on my list is number 10. Um, this is Shamu's Happy Harbor. Now, this is the one that you guys voted on was the one that you missed the most was Shamu's Happy Harbor. And I'm going to tell you, the whole area in Shamu's Happy Harbor had a little bit of a downside because there was a lot of kids running around. Um, it was a wet area, so it was kind of hard to keep kids really, really safe. I'm not saying they're going to get eaten by a shark, but, you know, kids could slip and fall down. Um, there was a giant pirate ship. And it kind of just sat there. It didn't really do anything. There were a little bit of net climbs back and forth. Um, sometimes the cannons, the water cannons worked. Sometimes they didn't. Um, and kids could get up and get down. The biggest part of Shamu's Happy Harbor was this giant net climb that went probably 30, 40 feet in the air. And it was over the top of your head. And your kids could climb up there. And the problem was there were times when kids would get scared or they would climb up there and they wouldn't be able to climb back down. My mommy, I'm scared, come get me. And more than once we've seen adults climb all the way up into this net climb and get their kid and bring their kid all the way back down. And there wasn't really an easy way to do it. So mommy and the kid had to come all the way back down or daddy and the kid had to come all the way back down. 
and it was tough. It was it was a difficult thing. Um, there were bathrooms over there. There was a kid area over there. There was a first aid station over there. I mean, there was stuff to take care of the kids, you know, in case you need to change a diaper or whatever it was. Um, but it was it was definitely something that was, you know, uh, it had been there for a while as well, and it was a little dated. It was a little old. And uh, I'm glad that it got changed out. Now, the new area over there, Sesame Street at SeaWorld, um, that is a fantastic place for those of you who are a little bit older, like me, and you remember Sesame Street from your childhood days growing up. You remember Hooper's, Mr. Hooper's store. And you remember Abby Cadabby and Bert and Ernie and Snuffleupagus and Big Bird and Cookie Monster and Oscar the Grouch. They're all there. They're all there. They all have rides named after them. Um, Elmo has a ride named after him. Uh, there's interactive areas where they can uh, touch screens. They can build healthy healthy meals. They can listen to characters at home um, through their mailbox. They can they can listen to voicemails from them. It's really really a lot of fun. And there's some really great themed merchandise over there as well. Um, I've gotten several T-shirts uh, from the Sesame Street area, and it's just a really really fit, great place to go. So. Absolutely check that out. Um, the old Happy Harbor is now Sesame Street at SeaWorld, and I think that's another one that's definitely an upgrade. So if you have a chance, go by SeaWorld Orlando. Um, take your little ones with you. There's a splash area back there. There's a water area back there. So if you want to bring a bathing suit, you want to bring a swim diaper for your little ones, there are bathrooms you can change them in. Bring a towel, definitely. You're going to need it. Um, even when we tell our kids, okay, we're just going to look at the water, they always charge in. So I know your kids are probably the same way. Um, so make sure you bring a towel with you or two or three or one for yourself. Okay, guys, so let's go ahead and get the answer to our trivia question. I want to read it for you one more time. When was SeaWorld Orlando first opened? Was it December 15th of 1973? December 15th of 1962? December 15th of 1984? Or December 15th of 1977? And the correct answer is... December 15, 1973. So it's been open for quite a while. I know the Magic Kingdom is going to have their 50th anniversary sometime soon, and SeaWorld will be right around the corner behind them. Um, going to be 50 coming up sometime soon, too. So congratulations if you got that right. Guys, I'm going to go ahead and call this an episode. Um, I know I haven't broadcast in a while. Life has been hectic. Life has been busy. And I certainly appreciate you guys hanging in there and, and listening. Um, do me a favor, if you would, make sure and drop me that email. Let me know what you think. What do you think about the show? What are the top things that you miss from SeaWorld Orlando? What are the top rides and attractions? It could be a restaurant. It could be a ride. It could be an attraction. It could be whatever it is. I want you to tell me what you miss from SeaWorld Orlando. And I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, drop me that email. It is floridafunpodcast at gmail.com. And hit me up on Twitter. I am at floridafun6 on Twitter. And you can always uh, pop me a message on Instagram. Follow me. I put up uh, the, in the Florida Fun Podcast live video series is on there. Uh, we just recently took a trip to the Daytona Beach Marine Sciences Center. We went to uh, Landshark Cafe in Daytona Beach Shores, and we went to uh, Bass Pro Shops in Daytona. So all those videos are up there, pictures are up there, so if you want to check that out, feel free to check that out and uh, friend me on Instagram as well. So that's Instagram.com forward slash Florida Fun Podcast. 
Do me a favor, guys, if you would, please make sure and tell two friends about the uh, podcast today. Tell them that you are listening to the Florida Fun podcast. Tell them that you are uh, sharing this with them because you think they'll enjoy it. And uh, go out there, guys, and have some Florida Fun today. Uh, There's tons to do. Uh, It's the middle of the afternoon. Um, I'm off work today, but that doesn't mean anyone else is. But, guys, the weekend's coming up sometime soon. We have uh, football seasons back on. Beautiful days out there. Um, It's a little warm here in Florida, but certainly a a nice beach day, a day to go out and check out a theme park and uh, go out and have some Florida fun. And, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will definitely see you out there.